Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Never let a fool kiss you or a kiss fool you. That is the statement of the day. And we're going to talk about some potential dangers connected with kissing and how we're spreading disease and virus just from kissing. And it's not because you're getting swept off your feet or you're falling head over heels in love with somebody. But uh, it is something that you need to kind of have an awareness of. And my guest today is Georgia Pesetis, and she is a pharmaceutical expert and listen, a nutraceutical meets pharmaceutical integration expert on top of that. So that's a big title, Georgia. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Now, I, you know, I know that we kind of, we captured this particular show title as the kissing season. And I'm not sure that, listen, I think we're still in the kissing season because the East Coast is still getting cold weather. So maybe we're not quite out of that, you know, cold getting into the warm now. And of course, this is the time where I just talked with somebody the other day that they said that they came down with the flu. And it's like, when is that type of season going to end? But I know we're going to be talking about, um, a lot of these viruses that are going around, how they happen, how to prevent them, um, and more good stuff on top of that. As a pharmacist, I'm sure that you see certain trends and and uh, situations that um, you are going to share with us to be more aware of. But first, I want to hear all about you. I want to hear about your history. Did you think you were going to be a doctor of pharmacy when you were a little girl playing with dolls? You know, it's funny. I come from a long history of pharmacists. So my mom's a pharmacist, um, and I, I always said I was going to go and become a doctor, and I would write prescriptions, you know, and send them to my mom to fill them. Um, but as I was growing up, I was saying, you know, I just feel like the pharmacist role has expanded so much, especially mm-hmm. now with having the ability to give vaccinations and doing consultations and really, you know, having the opportunity even in some states to um, co-manage patients with physicians that I was thinking to myself, you know what, I think I'd be a great pharmacist because I really enjoy walking patients through medications. I always, for some reason, loved medications. It was something about the way that they worked. But the other thing that I really loved was nutraceuticals, things like vitamins and minerals and herbal supplements. I always really liked that kind of stuff. And so you know, down the line uh, throughout pharmacy school, I started taking a lot of extra kind of vitamins and minerals and herbal supplement classes and certifications. And, you know, I've just over the years became uh, an integration expert. So I really look at pharmaceuticals as the kind of primary um, thing that a lot of patients are taking for chronic illnesses like, you know, diabetes and cardiovascular disease. But there are so many great nutraceutical options like vitamins and minerals and herbal supplements that really are complement, you know, complementative to pharmaceutical ingredients. So that's really kind of my, my background in a nutshell, but really integrating the two for patients is really what I love to do. Well, I, I love that. And I, I can tell you personally, I really do rely and count on and trust the advice that the pharmacist is giving me when I go there and I have questions and I, I know it's, I know there's probably a, 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 a simplicity to 
you know, how they're directing me and providing me the advice that they are. But I always feel very safe in talking with the pharmacist and getting that kind of support in the drugstore. And they really are the medication experts, right? So pharmacists will go to school for eight years and all you talk about is medication all day long. You know, we learn anatomy and physiology, absolutely. Um, but it's really the medication expert component, knowing how the drugs work, knowing all the dosages and knowing the best, the best part I think about it is knowing what interacts with what and what complements what. And I think that's the important role of a pharmacist is they really can help guide you through that and even through things like the cold and the flu season um, and, you know, what we call the kissing season, which starts in January and ends, you know, usually around May. But, um, you know, that, that whole time there's so many, you know, bacteria and viruses and you don't always necessarily have to go to the emergency room or see a physician for some of these things that you can just go and speak to your pharmacist about and get some over-the-counter options. Oh, I, I, and honestly, I love that. And I know the other day I was talking with a friend that was having some ups and downs and, and she did inform me that she had recently just started some new medications. And I said, I said, you need to talk to your doctor or go talk to a pharmacist because a pharmacist understands, you know, mixing medications sometimes better than the doctor does. And, and sure enough, she went and talked with the pharmacist and they, they referred her back to her doctor on a couple of issues that would have made more sense in the way that they had diagnosed and and prescribed something. Yes, absolutely. And that was one thing that I always really took a lot of time was looking at drug to drug to drug interactions. And also now kind of being an integration um, of pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical and nutraceuticals, um, I really look to make sure what complements the pharmaceuticals from a nutraceutical standpoint, because there are some herbal supplements and things that you can't take with certain medications. And there are also some vitamins that you can't take with certain medications. But then there are um, certain, you know, complements that really will help optimize your overall health. And that's really my goal is to always optimize health, whether it be physical health, mental health. Um, and I feel like you can do that by really taking the right pharmaceuticals and then taking the right uh, nutraceuticals that go along with them. Oh, and I agree. I think that I think that you know we're I, I think as everybody states we're we're a very drugged society around here. So the more opportunities that you can you know kind of lean towards the nutraceuticals. Um, and a more healthy approach to things, I think, is perfect. Which I love the name. You have, you're the you're the owner and CEO of Healthy Solutions Pharmacy Consulting. Is that actually a pharmacy? And then you do consulting as well. That's a great question. So actually, the name came from a spinoff, which was a pharmacy before. So um, having owned a pharmacy and worked in a pharmacy that was called Healthy Solutions Pharmacy, sold off the pharmacy, and now have the opportunity to do you know what we call pharmacy concierge services as well as pharmacy consulting services. So um, it was a spinoff. The name was a spinoff from a pharmacy, but now it's focused more on consulting for other pharmacies, making sure that they do have consulting areas in the right location in their pharmacy. So they are promoting and empowering patients to come ask the questions to the pharmacist and getting those answers maybe in a more private setting and help pharmacies setting up those kind of things from a consulting standpoint. And also concierge pharmacy, which is getting pharmacists out um, to patients' homes and really sitting down with them and going through their medication plans and talking about which are the right uh, nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals for me to be taking. I love that. I think that's a really good idea because, you know, just with even with my aging parents at this point, you know, it's 
It's having sensitivities to allergies, but then they're on certain medications that certain they shouldn't be taking and mixing certain things. So um, I think the pharmacist really plays a, a very key and important role in um, making sure that people are staying healthy and not overdosing on some of these combinations, right? Yes, absolutely. That's a great point is really making sure that somebody's taking a look at everything, right? Because it's hard as a consumer. I would never expect anybody to just know all the medications. Even my own grandfather, who if I didn't manage his medications, I don't know who would other than my mom, who is a pharmacist. But, um, (laughs) you know, I even manage them because it's so hard and confusing for them who even they take them every single day and they get confused. So I take the time to put them, you know, on a weekly basis into, you know, little uh, containers. So that way it's easier. Uh, And we do that across the board for a lot of our older patients. Um, And even just, even for younger patients who might not, who might really want to start taking nutraceuticals, but are not great at adherence, not great at remembering, putting them into like little helpful reminder containers and making sure that there's just an easy process, you know, for them to take something every single day. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, there's, there has to be that, that ritual I say to it, you know, that, um, what I take at night, what I, you know, supplements that I take in the morning, they have to be in a particular place that it's, it's a recollection of, okay, take your vitamins, drink your glass of water. (laughs) But yeah, and I, I, I really do believe, I know, I know we're going to be talking about the kissing season and we're going to focus in on three of those, uh, very, very, uh, common, but, um, dangerous viruses that go around. In regards to just some of the nutraceuticals, have you noticed that a lot more people are becoming much more educated on the nutraceuticals and asking more questions to you as a pharmacist of what they can take for other ailments without having to go and get medicated? Absolutely. And I think this comes from a couple of different things. I think it comes from the rising cost of going to see a physician, right? So mm-hmm. patients now, copays are going from, you know, that started maybe $10 or maybe now $50. And now they're saying, okay, what am I going to do? I really don't want to go see a doctor. It's not that bad, but I need to get some, you know, expert health advice. So I have been noticing a lot of patients for those kind of other ailments are saying, okay, maybe I'm not going to go run, get a prescription. Maybe I can get something else first and see how that goes. So I, and I think it is due to the rising costs. And I think that's really given pharmacists the opportunity to have these discussions with patients inside the pharmacy and at free of charge. Um, so, you know, definitely utilize your pharmacist as a resource. And I think going into any pharmacy, all pharmacists are educated. They have eight year degrees, you know, they're, they're, they're doctorates. Um, and they, and they really know this information. They live, breathe and eat it every day. And there are a lot of new, you know, over the counter options, even things, for example, that used to be prescription that are now available over the counter, like for GERD, for example, you know, Nexium started off or Prilosec started off as a prescription treatment option. And then they realized that it was safe enough that they would have it over the counter. So you could go into your local pharmacy and, and, you know, if you do have reflux and get something over the counter. So you made a great point, I think, really taking uh, the time to look at why it's happening. And I think it's because patients are trying to find another avenue and a pharmacist is a great place to start. Well, I think that's the first time I've ever heard a positive side to the rising costs of health care. <laughs> is that maybe we're going to be more you know, pro- the approach. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're going to be more proactive about our health because the truth is, is we can't afford to be sick. 
Yes. And that's why things like vitamins and minerals really can help do that. Um, you know, I think we're all running around. We're stressed out. We have a million things going on. Our immune systems are suppressed. And it goes, I think, back to all of our immune systems being suppressed during kissing season, during, you know, the winter season. Um, and we can do things like supplement with vitamins during those seasons to boost our immune systems and kind of help bring up our, our immune system to prevent us from getting the cold or, you know, the flu or being more susceptible to those kinds of viruses. Mm-hmm. Is there that big of a difference of quality, Georgia, in regards to um, stuff that you'd buy in, say, uh, you know, a healthcare vitamin store versus the drugstore? Or is there, you know, is vitamin C, vitamin C and vitamin D and, and some of these supplements that they're all, they all have a level of quality that are going to make an impact and, and support us? That's a great question, and I get that all the time, is which store should I go and buy my stuff? Should I go to the higher-end grocery stores? Should I go to the regular grocery stores because they're so much cheaper? For me, it comes down to a couple things, and I tell people to watch out for it. And and whether it's going to your local grocery store, your local pharmacy, or one of the higher-end, fancier places, is you want to look for preservatives in your vitamins. A lot Mm. of vitamins have a heavy amount of preservatives, and sometimes, unfortunately, The cheaper ones do have more preservatives in it. But I always look at the front of the bottle or the back of the bottle that if it says preservative-free, gluten-free, you know, does not contain, um, you know, artificial colors and preservatives, that's a good indicator that they've taken the time to make sure that those things that could potentially be harmful to us are not included. And unfortunately, most of the times, those ones that don't include those are the ones that are a little bit more expensive. Um, But I definitely tell patients. It's not necessarily, you know, picking the store. It's picking certain brands of them and certain brands do take a little bit more pride in making sure that there are no preservatives and artificial colors in them. But there's a lot of great brands and they vary in prices. But I tell everybody, just look out for the front or the back that says preservative free, artificial, uh, you know, free of artificial colors and dyes. And also I tell everybody, even if you're not gluten free or vegan, those options are a little bit better because of the fact that they take the time to not include so many binders. Um, a lot of the times they include, you know, heavy binders and those um, add gluten to them. So sometimes when it says it's gluten-free, it's not necessarily that you have a gluten allergy. Of course, for those who do, make sure you do pick a gluten-free mm-hmm. option. I tell them to pick gluten-free because they actually include less binders. So I would tell everybody, pick a gluten-free, preservative-free option. Oh, that, you know, that is, I had no idea until I saw some of these supplements that said gluten-free that there were even gluten in them, you know, in other brands. And I'm thinking, wow, gluten is everywhere. And I do have a a gluten sensitivity, so I do have to be careful with stuff like that. Now, let me ask you a question going to the pharmaceutical side. Is it true that you should always finish a prescribed medication until it's done? I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm feeling better after taking, say, some antibiotics. I'm feeling better. I'm going to save these for next time I get sick. Absolutely. The worst option is to keep (laughs) your stuff for the next time you get sick because what's (laughs) happening in America and the issues that we're having across pharmacies and physicians alike is that we're having antibiotic resistance. Um, And antibiotic resistance comes from patients who are not finishing their full dose of antibiotics or antivirals. So it's extremely important, and I'm glad you brought this point up, to finish your entire dose, whether it's seven days, 10 days, or 14 days, which is the most common dose uh, antibiotics. It is very important 
that you finish all of your antibiotics, even if after day three or four, you're feeling better, that's great. But it doesn't mean that the virus or the bacteria that you've been prescribed to treat has gone fully away. It's just that mm-hmm. symptomatically you're starting to feel better because you're obviously your bacterial or viral load has gone down, but it doesn't mean that it's eradicated it from your system. And the concern is that if you stop it, next time you get it, it could be even worse and you might not be able to take that exact antibiotic and you might have to switch to another mechanism of action, which might not necessarily target it as well. So I tell everybody it's extremely important to finish all antibiotic and antiviral medication that you're prescribed and you make sure that you finish them according to whatever the label says, whether it's seven days, 10 days, or 14 days. Uh, that is, that's good to know. Thank you for that. That was an educated response that I think people really do. Um, they try to cheat the system, but it's really just affecting them and, and they're not getting well, or like you said, they're getting it again. And then that same antibiotic doesn't seem to work. So we're going to take a break here in just a minute, but I know we're going to start heading into the conversation, uh, in talking about kind of being in this kissing season and three very common, um, Oh, and and please don't take it personally, Georgia, but I might get the eebie-jeebies in this whole conversation that we have in this next segment here. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about herpes, mononucleosis, and the common cold because those are the top three that are transmitted through bodily fluids. And, um, yeah, I know you've got some really good information to share with us of how this is happening and what we need to do about it. So um, stay with us, everybody. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, uh, Georgia Pesetis, our pharmaceutical, nutraceutical and pharmaceutical expert here, is going to share with us how we can prevent this from happening. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back. My guest, Georgia Pesaitis, is a pharmacist and nutraceutical meets pharmaceutical integration expert, and she earned her Doctor of Pharmacy degree at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences in Boston, and currently finishing your MBA. Nice job. Congratulations on that. Um, You're also a certified diabetes patient educator and immunization pharmacist. So you're really covering a lot of tracks when we're talking about the kissing season and the things that kind of bring us down and take us away from that moment of being healthy. Um, So, you know, congratulations on that. And thank you for all your support and information that you're sharing today. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I know everybody thinks of the height of kissing season being over, but it actually is not. Yeah, apparently, because, you know, I understand that college campuses are one of the fastest way to spread the following diseases that I know you're going to share with us. Herpes, mononucleosis, and the common cold. I don't know where you want to start, but I'll let you start where you think it's most important, Georgia. Yeah, so mono, I think, is a great place to start because that is the one that we all know as the kissing disease, or, or we have, you know, historically thought of the only thing as the kissing disease is mono. Um, and mono, believe it or not, is still very much commonly spread across college campuses, across um, adults, and, of course, middle schoolers and high schoolers, right? I think it, it originated around kind of the high school years because everybody's kissing everybody um, and you're in confined quarters all day. So that is one of the viruses. Um, it's called the Epstein-Barr virus, which is one of the common viruses that causes mono. And it's actually very, very contagious. Again, commonly spread through kissing, but really any kind of saliva exchange um, can cause somebody to get mono. And unfortunately, it is one of the viruses that there are no true treatment options. So you really Mm. are just fighting through that fatigue because you get extreme fatigue with mono and you get a fever. um, You get a really bad sore throat. And unfortunately, you're just treating the symptoms. There's no true treatment for the virus itself. So you're treating the symptoms. So you're taking things like ibuprofen or Motrin to really help kind of with the body aches and and the sore throat. Um, And if it gets even more serious, some physicians do prescribe steroids. Um, But you're really just staying home. I tell everybody the best thing to do is just stay home, fight through it, um, because it is very contagious. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that it was the Epstein-Barr. I didn't know that that was the association. Yes, and that's why I tell everybody, if you can't seem to knock it after, you know, two to three weeks. I tell everybody, if you're noticing that you just are not getting rid of the symptoms and you seem to just be getting worse, um, it's really important to go see a physician because the Epstein-Barr virus is one of those types of viruses that could cause things that are a little bit more complicated, like having an enlarged spleen or even causing dehydration because of the fact that, you know, you are exhausted and you're not, you know, intaking enough fluids. So it's really important if you don't, if you notice that you're not getting better, um, you might have something like mono and you could potentially have something, you know, like dehydration or an enlarged spleen. So it's important to go see a physician if you can't seem to knock it after, you know, three weeks. Some people say, oh, I've had it for like a month. I always say it's the best thing to do is just go ju- get checked out by a physician because you might have something else. Mm, true. Now, how are they diagnosed? Is it a blood test that can diagnose that or is it just more of the symptoms? So most physicians nowadays are diagnosing based off of symptoms because you can easily uh, kind of, I guess, distinguish um, in diagnose mono versus the cold or the flu. Um, and also the cold and the flu is one of those ones that is a little bit harder to tell. Now, there are blood tests and other tests that you can do to differentiate the flu versus mono. Um, but most physicians, I, you know, will go in and they'll be able to tell if you give them the, the symptoms, which is 
extreme fatigue, uh, extremely sore throat, um, once in a while accompanied by a fever, um, and, you know, college environment surrounded by a bunch of people. They can ask a couple kissing questions, and they usually get to the bottom of it pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> but there are other tests that they utilize, diagnostic tests in the office that some use, like blood tests or um, even, uh, you know, sputum tests. Well, I can just imagine it happening. I, I went to a, it was a parent night at frat party at my son's college. And I just was watching all of these kids sharing every cup in front of them and just passing their cups um, to each other. Absolutely. So I, and that <laughs> is actually a way that it's spread and people don't think about it. Saliva can, that has viruses living within it, can easily live on surfaces like a cup or a fork or a knife for hours and you can actually still get that virus from sharing a cup or a utensil. Um, so I tell everybody, drink out of your own cup, especially if you think somebody is sick, do not utilize any of their forks or knives or cups. Cause that is a great point that you made is that people don't think about it and they can easily spread viruses. Yeah. I'm not going to mention, you know, the rest of it, but now is, how is it contagious the whole time that you're diagnosed with it? So for that whole, say 30 days to six weeks, are you still contagious in all of that? Or is there a con contagious window? Yeah. So it's funny because, you know, you're contagious for a certain period of time based off of the viral load and, and, you know, at what point, at what threshold that virus is at, but it's really hard to say that, you know, after this exact day, you stop being contagious. So I always tell everybody to just be a little bit more cautious, right? Because you say, okay, you're only contagious, let's say, for the first, you know, seven days. Um, and then once your symptoms start, you know, going away, that you're not contagious anymore. But that's not necessarily always the case. So I tell everybody to just be a little bit more careful because it is really hard to predict what day you stop being contagious. Now, you do get less contagious as the days go on. Um, but I always say it's really hard to know the exact day. So I tell everybody, just be careful with, you know, who you're coming in contact with. And I tell everybody, usually after seven to 14 days, you're usually in, a, in the clear. But I tell everybody, until your symptoms have 100% gone away, then I'd say you're 100% in the clear. I like to be 100% in the clear, not like 80%, if you know what I right. mean. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just spreading it again and again and again. And and uh, then it's, yeah. And it and listen, if some people ha don't already have strong immune systems, I'm sure that it can weaken it to even worse situations. Um, but I see here that you're saying supplement with vitamin C and vitamin D to help boost the immune system. So that that seems like really good advice there. Yes. So if you're taking, you know, um, things like ibuprofen and Motrin to really fight the fatigue and the fever, um, taking additional vitamins during that time um, really will help. Taking um, extra vitamin C and vitamin D really help boost your immune system. So you can, you know, uh, take things like that as well as taking things like zinc. Zinc has mm -hmm. um, an, an, uh, an effect where it actually works on viruses. Um, and it's really, I mean, the, the data in humans is unclear, but a lot of in vitro data has shown that it has antiviral effects. So if you think of things like those lozenges that you can buy over the counter, those have zinc yeah. in them. So I do tell people to add a little extra zinc if you are feeling under the weather. Oh, that's good. And I'm sure that that's even relatable then as we talk about the, the common cold and the flu. It is so strange. Every year there seems to be new strains of viruses and and lots of controversy around um, get the flu shot, don't get the flu shot. Uh, you know, and I know that, you know, 
and when we know somebody is sick with the cold, we I, I, I can see people because I travel all the time. I see people just like, like I wear a scarf around my neck between the kissing season, you know, and uh, the minute somebody coughs or sneezes, I am just like protecting my face as much as I can. I don't know if it's doing that much good, but I'm doing my best to try to prevent it. But what do we need to know about what's going on with these flus, these strains of flus and, and how they're starting out? Yes. So that's a, a point that I've been discussing for the last six months because we have had a national outbreak of a flu strain that unfortunately is not fully covered with the vaccines that we have. Um, and so, you know, the scientists of the flu vaccines, they go out, you know, the year before and they, they investigate what happened in previous years and they try to develop a vaccine that will protect against certain strains. Unfortunately, this year we have another type of strain of flu that's not necessarily covered. But the CDC still does recommend, and I tell all of my, you know, friends and family and patients that you should still get the flu vaccine, especially those who are at high risk, like the elderly or pregnant women. So it's really important um, to listen to the CDC recommendations, which is, although we do have a little bit of a, a special strain this year, there you could potentially not get that strain and still get the ones that are covered within the vaccine. So it is important that we are still getting the flu vaccine through May. Um, and I do tell everybody that I know there's been controversy, but you should still get the flu vaccine because you could potentially get the other strain and not necessarily the one that's been, you know, at an all time raging high this year. Yeah, um, this this is one of those things that's going to give me the EBGBs here just saying it. And I, I know you'll comment on it, ed, you know, from the a very educational standpoint. I think I might have like Howard Hughes germ phobia going on here. 10 second kiss can transfer 80 million bacteria. <laughs> that is very true. That's a true statement. Um, and so what, what, what we're kind of talking about is usually I tell everybody is I'm I'm talking about cold sores specifically when I think about transferring things through kissing, right? So we can get mono, we can get cold sores, we can get the cold and flu, because all these things are transferred via saliva. Mm -hmm. um, so I tell everybody when you're kissing to be well aware that if you do have a cold sore, you're a cold sore sufferer, because believe it or not, Pani, two thirds of our world's population has cold sores or has the virus that causes cold sores, which is HSV1. So it's herpes simplex virus one, and it's very, very contagious. So it's contagious when you have the blister, and it's even contagious during certain parts where the virus is still shedding. So it's really important if you do see somebody with a cold sore, um, do not share your glasses with them. Do not share forks and knives because cold sores are very easily spread. Now, there are over-the-counter treatment options for cold sores. Um, I personally am a cold sore sufferer myself because most people are exposed to cold sores when they're young. And then they'll rear their heads when you get sick or your immune system mm -hmm. suppressed or you're stressed out. Um, and so for me as a cold sore sufferer, I consistently get them when it's really, really cold outside. Um, and when it gets really cold, it rears its head. So I'm always being like, you know, uh, getting, you know, covering because I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't want anybody to see it. But it is caused by a virus. It's actually a lot more common and a lot more people have it. Um, and myself, I work with this company called Abio. It's um, A-U-B-I-O. And they make a cold sore treatment gel that um, you can put right on the cold sore. And it just helps that burning and itching sensation that you get from cold sores and really alleviates those symptoms of cold sores. And you can even take things like a vitamin called lysine all year round to help kind of decrease the amount of uh, cold sore outbreaks that you get. 
I had no idea that it was as common as it was. And then, and I don't know, I'm really asking from a very, from a very uneducated point of view here is, can, if herpes, a cold sore transmit into the sexual herpes? That is always the question I get. And I think that's everybody's biggest fear, right? Most people aren't scared of cold sores. They're always scared of the other one. Um, And so that is caused by a virus called HSV2. So HSV2 is very different than HSV1. HSV1 usually um, brings about blisters um, in the oral cavity. So around the mouth, around the nose, Mm -hmm. around the chin, which is very different than the one that is sexually transmitted, which is HSV2. So I tell people that if you have one, it doesn't necessarily mean you have the other um, than in vice versa. But what I do tell people is that you do have to be careful if you have a cold sore because you could potentially um, transmit it to other parts of the body. Mm, okay. And then when you're talking about a cold sore, it's not just like the sore on the lip there because you just said in the mouth and on the chin. Yes, but they're all caused by the same virus, HSV-1. Some people just have it uh, rear its head, I guess you could say, and in different parts of, you know, the oral area. Some do get them closer to their chin. Some get them closer to their nose. Um, Sometimes people do get them inside the mouth, but sometimes people confuse them with canker sores. They're not canker sores. Canker sores are completely different. That involves bacteria. Um, cold sores are caused by a virus. Um, and so sometimes people do get them closer to the inside of their mouth, but most people, I would say most get them on the outside near the lips is where you'll see most people getting them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was, um, that there was the various types of that and everything. So what can we do here? What can we do to, to, we've talked about the cold, the flu, mono herpes. What are some ways that we can be far more preventative, um, because th- th- this is, you know, I mean, we're, I'm in confined planes, I'm in confined meetings. Um, I feel so unprotected a lot of times during that, that this kissing season, as we're calling it. Yes. So I tell everybody the great thing to do is be preventative and boost your immune system. So I tell everybody you should take a multivitamin. Pretty much everybody is a candidate for multivitamins unless you have some kind of allergies um, or contraindications. But Taking a multivitamin every day has a variety of great vitamins, vitamin A, E, D, C. Taking a multivitamin every single day will really help boost the immune system and keep you kind of boosted throughout the year. So I tell everybody a great multivitamin added to your, to your daily routine really is helpful. The other thing I tell everybody is to take a probiotic every day. A probiotic helps kind of normalize all the bacterial flora in your body keeps your immune system boosted throughout the year. So I tell everybody, get a great probiotic. Um, Again, making sure you're looking out for things that are preservative-free, gluten-free, vegan, um, and then that way you're avoiding preservatives and binders in your your vitamins and your probiotics. The other thing I tell everybody to do is supplement with an additional vitamin C when you do feel like you are coming down with the cold or the flu or you've got a cold sore coming. Supplement with a little additional vitamin C. Um, and supplementing with a little bit of additional vitamin E doesn't hurt because vitamin E is a great antioxidant as well, which helps boost our immune system. And then, you know, as you do get sick, um, adding on things like lysine and zinc, those always are very helpful. But throughout the year, the best thing to do is always take a multivitamin, take a probiotic and always supplement with a little extra vitamin C during the kissing season. Boy, I thought that was an old wives tale for the longest time, but I really, you know, when I do it, if I'm starting to feel weathered and like I'm starting to get a cold. I do. I pump up on vitamin C and it, I swear it helps. 
it, it helps me too. And I tell everybody, if you add that with just overall healthy living, if you can try to get to the gym, if you can, you know, try to eat a well-balanced meal and adding, you know, a multivitamin and a little extra vitamin C. And some people, you can do it through um, drinking an, an eight-ounce glass of low-sugar orange juice every day. If you don't want to take an extra pill, there are other ways to introduce vitamin C. There are liquid options. There are, you know, you can take, you know, juice options, which are fortified with vitamin C. You can take an oral capsule. So there are other options because everybody's like, oh, I don't want to take another tablet, but there are other options you can supplement for vitamin C. And there are even foods that you can supplement that are rich um, in iron and vitamin C and things that can help boost your immune system. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of gyms, I, I love the idea of being more healthy and going to gyms. But honestly, I was at this gym and I, I just you could tell people were like sick and sneezing and still at the gym and then they're sweating and that's all bodily fluids. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I tell everybody, I, you know, not the stuff one, that comes out of sweat is a little different than the stuff that comes out of your mouth. But yes, um, it doesn't stop people from coughing and sneezing on their hands. And then they're utilizing that gym equipment which is then you're going and utilizing it as well. So I tell everybody at the gym, at the stores, at the gas stations, keep a little extra antibacterial, antiviral wipes with you um, and constantly be kind of, you know, keeping your hands clean. But the best thing to do is hand washing. I tell everybody mm -hmm. up your hand washing game if you can during this time of the year because you will notice you will get less sick if you do two things. Wash your hands more consistently throughout the day and then in between, you know, in moderation, using, you know, hand sanitizers, but also coming home and taking off all your clothes, washing them and taking a shower. Because a lot of the times we have all this stuff all over our hands and our faces, and then we wipe our, our face and we wipe our mouth and we're introducing so much of that, those bacteria and those viruses inside our body and we just don't realize it. And into our home. Yes, and our children. I mean, they're the biggest carriers because they're in these classrooms with other, you know, kids, whether they be you know, young kids or even college students and high school students. Um, and they're, they're confined in these classrooms and they're all coughing and sneezing. And, you know, uh, especially little kids who don't quite know the etiquette of covering your mouth quite yet. And then they're coming home um, and they're getting the whole family sick. So I tell everybody the best thing to do when your kids come home, give them a whole, you know, give them the, their bath early. Cause usually everybody waits till bedtime. They wait till bedtime and their hands don't get washed until they get to bath time at night. So I tell everybody, if you can at least, when the kids come home, wash their hands, wash their face really well. Um, even do, you know, if you can do bath time before, once they get home, and then just throw those clothes in the hamper and make sure they get washed instead of uh, hanging around with their brothers and sisters and, and coughing and sneezing everywhere. Yeah, our little Petri dishes, huh? Perfect. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I want to find out a little bit more uh, of what we can do to stay healthy. I love the ideas you've shared so far. And then, of course, how we can find out more information and do some of our own due diligence. Um, and A-Rod here says, good. He always washes his face when he gets home. So way to go, A-Rod. That's awesome. All right, we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. 
From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric E.Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. You know, Beauty Inside and Out is a show that's not just about beauty on the outside, but how we can stay healthy and clean and and not be passing diseases and viruses onto other people from the inside. So my guest today, Georgia Pesedas, she is she's your wealth of knowledge, Georgia. First of all, and I know that you're out there d- delivering lectures and um, you know information on integrating this nutraceutical and pharmaceutical arena, which is so big right now. Um, that you know, I appreciate you being here with us today and sharing all this information. And I, I do have a question for you that we thought about during the break here. Uh, being the, the you know the fact that I am on the road, I'm traveling, I'm at you know events, large trade shows where there's you know thirty thirty thousand people at these events. I do still see some people, and it seems to be increasing where they're wearing the mask. And I'm thinking, are they protecting themselves, or are they the ones that are sick protecting others? That is exactly the question I get from everybody in regards to these masks, because I think the mask industry has upped their game. If you go to any airport now, they're in every airport um, saying, you know, protect yourself, use a mask. And it's funny because the the mask started um, back in the 90s, if you remember, when the bird Mm -hmm. flu was going around and coming from Asia. And we would see a lot of people wearing the mask on the airplane and even in the roads, walking around in the, in the roads. And it was because the bird flu was going around. And then from then on, it kind of stopped for a while, but now all of a sudden it's reared its head again. And I see everybody wearing masks, but there is a misconception with the masks. So the mm-hmm. masks are actually unidirectional. Well, let's say most masks are unidirectional. The ones that you're buying over the counter at your local, you know, pharmacy or the ones that you're buying at the airport, they're unidirectional. And they're really 
actually preventing you from spitting out, not actually stopping things from coming in. So people think that they're wearing the masks and they're going to stop from getting, you know, penetration of viruses and bacteria, but that's not necessarily the case. You'd have to be buying one of the uh, medical grade masks, which are a little bit more expensive. You can buy them. You know, consumers can go on Amazon and order medical grade masks, which are bi-directional flow. So it stops things from coming in and stops things from going out. But most of the ones that we're buying at the airport or at the, you know, local pharmacy or local drugstore, those are really for people to be protected, for example, from a caretaker, somebody who might be ill and you might be taking care of them and you think that you have a cold, that's very considerate of you to wear a mask. Or if you're sick and you're going on an airplane, it's very considerate of you to wear a mask so you don't get other people sick. But it's actually not preventing you from getting sick. So I tell everybody, make sure you know what you're using it for because there's no point in running around wearing a mask um, if, if if you're trying to prevent getting sick. Oh, that is so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Because, you know, it's like I see the people with the masks and I'm thinking they're sick. I need to avoid them. (laughs) I don't because maybe they think that they're protecting themselves. But I always just look at them and think you're sick. I got to stay away from you. Exactly. And I tell people, unless you're buying the the medical grade ones online, um, you know, don't feel that you need to wear a mask to protect yourself because, You'll protect yourself just as well by taking, you know, extra vitamins and washing your hands um, and just staying kind of away from people who are coughing and sneezing and being careful with door handles. Because those masks, unless they actually contain, you know, some of them do contain inside um, an ingredient that is antiviral. So it stops some viruses from coming in. And if they do come in, it, it you know, it's thought to prevent and kill viruses. But those masks are much more expensive. It's not the ones that you guys are buying, um, you know, over the counter. You'd have to really order those special ones online. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes – and, of course, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what are – I know that there was a lot of controversy, too, about these hand sanitizers. Like they're being overused or we're not letting – we're not exposing ourselves to enough germs, especially for children. Is Is the hand sanitizer – issue, a real issue? Because I carry it around. I use it. I feel safe. Yes. And I think it, it, it brings up a great point. Um, everything in moderation. Um, and because there are some good bacteria on our skin and there are some good oils on our skin that we don't want to get rid of. Um, so those good things, if you know, we're consistently using it, excessively using it, let's say that more than consistent, it's excessive usage. There are some people that really do excessively use it, and the alcohol is so drying that it sucks up some of the good oils on our skin. It also kills some of the good bacteria on our skin. So it is important to use those kind of things in moderation. I tell everybody, you know, three times a day is fine, but if you're, you know, using it in excess of 10 times a day, you probably should cut back a little bit because the alcohol content in there probably is going to be drying out your skin excessively where it could be breaking the skin. And then you could be introducing other things um, like bacteria that could potentially, you know, find itself to get within the skin because sometimes they're so drying that people's skin actually breaks. Um, And so I tell everybody, if you notice your skin's getting really dry, you're excessively using uh, hand sanitizer. So if you constantly feel like I need to supplement with lotion, you should probably pull back a little bit on your hand sanitizer and your hand wipes. I do like the wipes a little bit. They have a lower um, alcohol content, but again, the wipes should be used in moderation. They do still have alcohol in them, and there are some good bacteria and good oils on our hands that we want to keep on there. 
So going back to the three, these three kissing disease viruses, I guess they're not really diseases, but viruses that we're talking about here, herpes, mono, and common cold. And this seems logical, but I'm just wondering if people are really aware of this. Like anything that you're using around your mouth or in your mouth, is that something you should dispose of? Like toothbrush, uh, lipstick, lip glosses, are those going to hold the bacteria? Yes, you, I do. And so, you know, I take a little bit more of a conservative approach and it depends on which virus we're talking about. So when we're talking about the cold sore virus, HSV-1, that causes um, cold sores, so the blisters around the mouth, I tell everybody and all of my patients, friends and family alike, that if you do have a favorite chapstick, I would not use it during the time that you have um, a cold sore. Because I do tell everybody, toothbrushes, you know, the heads of the electronic toothbrushes, um, lip glosses, all of those, they will hold those viruses on there. And we don't know how long and we don't know at what degree do we have to sanitize them, meaning like do we have to put them in the dishwasher? Do we have to boil them? We don't know um, exactly the data on what it takes to kill those viruses. So I do tell everybody if you used it when you had a cold sore, I would dispose of it. Um, now, the cold and the flu is a little bit different because you're not necessarily always getting saliva on it. Um, so I tell everybody, if you are going to use your favorite chapstick or your favorite, um, you know, uh, lip gloss, let's say, make sure first that you wipe your mouth, um, with, uh, you know, a towel and make sure that it, you've rid it of the saliva that's on your lips and then you can utilize it. You'll probably be safer for something like the cold or the flu, but with cold sores, I say absolutely not, um, dispose of it. And that's why it's great to use something, um, like Obvio as a treatment option. Um, because that's really moisturizing and it already has aloe in it. So you wouldn't have to use, you know, uh, a chapstick on top of the cold sore. Um, so I tell everybody cold sores, throw everything away, toothbrushes, lip glosses, chapsticks. But for the cold and yeah. the flu, you'd probably be okay if you just made sure you didn't, you know, get saliva all over it. Right. Those are inexpensive items. Go throw them away, go out there and, you know, continue to put money into the beauty industry and go buy some new lipsticks, go buy a new color, go buy what's in trend right now, which is all these matte colors. So if you haven't, if it's really glossy that you've been wearing, the new trend is matte and, um, yeah, throw them away. Don't pass any more viruses and, and germs to anybody else. (laughs) And don't share them. Um, I do notice a lot of people share beauty products. I mean, yeah, this that's is the biggest spread, whether it's, um, you know, something like a cold sore or the cold. Um, people share lipsticks, they share lip glosses, they even share like mascaras, um, anything that goes on your eyes or your lips. I tell everybody, please don't share them. It's just, it's the biggest route of, um, you know, bacteria and viral spread. So I tell everybody, if you can avoid it, I would avoid sharing any of those makeup uh, objects. Absolutely. And, you know, the stores like Ulta's and Sephora's and, you know, where they have makeup testers and stuff like that. Be very careful in testing any of those items. I mean, you know, if you absolutely have to, then make sure that you're using the utensils and the tools that they're providing you, like Q-tips and tissues to be able to do it. But I would just be very leery of putting anything on from those trays onto your face, lips or eyes. Um in those type of places. And, uh, listen, it's, you know, the risk of getting a lipstick that you really hate after, you know, using it a few times or realizing it's not the right red or pink or coral, just get a new one, get a new one. These are, these are things that we probably can say 
it's okay. It's a small price to pay to be able to love the lipstick you have. And I would to have be to agree to, with you. And one yeah. thing I also ask is I always ask them to wash the brushes, even though mm-hmm. like they might, they might claim she just washed it. But I always ask them to spray it with alcohol and wash the brushes because acne is just bacteria too. Um, and so one person's acne can easily be spread to somebody else's via those brushes. So I always ask Sephora, I'm like, can you just spray those brushes down one more time before you use them on me? And they're usually yeah. okay with that ask. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I went through this stage where I was getting a few styes in my eye and um, I and I know that that's a bacteria. Um, and I kept throwing away what I thought it was. It's my mascara. It's, you know, it's this eyeshadow. And I kept throwing it away and throwing it away and throwing it away. And then I got it again. And I'm like, it was my concealer. It was a little pot of a concealer that, um, you know, I had just bought. I hadn't had it that long. It, I didn't use that much of it, but it was at that point where it's like, okay, no more and just throw it away um, because it can. And, and definitely, you know, and thank you for sharing that with the makeup brushes because that's one of the things that I and a lot of the makeup artists that I have on the show, um, clean your makeup brushes. You know, I go through probably every four to six weeks, I'm cleaning them thoroughly. Um, and I've had the same brushes for 15, 20 years, but I clean them often and they're very good quality brushes so they last a really long time but they are very clean as well yes i'm a thorough brush washer myself i i've been I, you know i realized um you know adult acne is very different okay. than young acne because you always get one of those random pimples right in the, the worst spot um and so i realized the more i clean my brushes if i even you know start doing it weekly versus every two to three to four weeks i've noticed my skin actually is much clearer. I don't get as many um, breakouts. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sticking on this new trend that I've discovered. Perfect. Well, Georgia, thanks so much for being with us today. You've shared a wealth of information. I'm going to make sure that uh, my son and all his friends listen to this so they're not passing any of those kissing diseases on. And um, uh, be healthy out there, everybody. And remember that on here on Beauty Inside and Out, it's always about being you in beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.